hello, and thank you for joining us on another episode of Why Theory. As always, I am your host, Ryan Engley, joined, as always, by co-host Todd McGowan. Todd, how you doing, buddy? Good, Ryan. Good to talk to you about Joan Kopchak for a third time. Yes, that's what I was going to say. But, you know, we, ne- we never do this. Um, we never but, have. I mean, we've gone over with different things, but this is the mm. first time we've gone to... I guess we did Deleuze in three episodes, but that's an in- guy's entire thought. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yeah. Just one book. <laughs> that's so. true. Okay, so there's something... I, I hadn't thought about this until... If, if people are um, going to buy the book or get a PDF of it or whatever, um, you may have the, the current Verso cover. And as you know, I am a... Uh, Above all else, a uh, a cover fetishist for you books. You are, That's yeah. <laughs> um, and I hadn't thought about the design. It's just like kind of a, a yellowy, orangey, tanny cover, and there's what looks like a um, like the overlapping circles of a, a Venn diagram, but they right. don't create a middle. They they touch, but there's no middle space, and I think interesting. I think that's I hadn't thought about it until even uh, rereading for today, um, Sex and the Euthanasia of Reason, um, which we're going to talk about at length because there's a lot there. I mean, that's also the reason to, to do three episodes on this, because right. as we were as we figured out, like there's a lot to talk. There's just so much to talk about with this book. But what she is um, onto and what she emphasizes specifically about Lacan is his commitment to the non-relation, which is something right. that the cover of this version of the book, I think, does a pretty pretty nice job. So it's uh, actually... Better than it, the MIT original, I, I would say, which is yeah. just a, basically a map of New York City. Because Joan, well, I think Joan just said, I love New York, so put yeah. a map of New York <laughs> on the cover of my first book. <laughs> I think that was her... I think that's the logic. I can't, I can't deduce any other kind of logic driving it. Well, I'm yeah, probably going to get an email from her going, what the hell? Do you think I'm an idiot? <laughs> of course there's a logic, and she'll... <laughs> I know that's a, that's the other that's the other thing too is that um, I think we would be uh, I think we would be like oh my god I, I don't I don't want <laughs> I don't want her to email me about about how much I got wrong uh, over these three episodes but uh, maybe it'll maybe it'll happen. There's uh, something that um, there's a, I said something in the um, the grad school episode about like uh, we should come together for the 30th anniversary of this book to have like like castrating stories about Joan Kopchak and one of the the reason I wanted to explain I was holding it for this episode. Um, be, so she, uh, there was, there was something in class that I said that was wrong about formulas of sexuation. And she did to me the thing that you said uh, early in the first one, just no, like that was it. Yeah. But she, yeah. uh, I was at, um, when I was in grad school, she had, um, Slavoj well, let's, Brown. let's tell the full can, can, story that you, you, you said something that I had told you <laughs> about right. the formulas of sexuation. Okay, well, I don't want to jump. Yeah, I don't want to jump ahead in the chapter too much because we are going to come. We're going to come to this. So this. Yeah. Uh, so this episode, we're going to uh, kind of do it in uh, in a bifurcated way. Is we're going to do uh, one half for however long that half is, um, like carrying out and teasing out Joan's argument, like to the letter, like like how like how just she's in this the just the. Just the argument of the last chapter, sex and the euthanasia of reason, right? Yes, just the just the last because it requires uh, more than I think. I mean, the entire time I think I said this in I can't remember if it was the first or second episode, but like this book teaches you how to read it, and the whole way it's been I think priming you for the last chapter, which requires the most fidelity to what she's saying for for, to to get the most out of it. So that's what we're going to do in the first part, but then. There is a bit of a, to use a Joan word, there's a bit of a misfire 
on some things for us, I think, because uh, we're coming at this, uh, like this whole body of work from a Hegelian point and she's coming at it from a Kantian point. And that's not just a pedantic difference. Like it's a, that's, it's a, it's a, it's a big deal. And so I think we, we want to, we want to highlight that, like to, to show what the, what the difference is, but obviously we want to like go through and, and, and give Joan the, uh, and, and the way that she, Think thinks about this like we want to put that out there first, uh, so that we can kind of contrast it with where we're where we're coming from. So, uh, okay, you want me to tell this? So I can do this story now <laughs> of of one of the the thing that I think what I said, and I'll so maybe this makes sense because I'll put this here now, and then someone will hear it and they're like, that doesn't make sense to me yet, and then we'll explain the formulas of sexuation. Maybe it'll make sense later. Um, which retroactivity of meaning very important for this podcast for psychoanalysis in general. Um, I. I think I said something about the male side of the, I, I think I'm trying to cover this in like repressive, uh, protective right. language. Right. I definitely right. said something about the male side of the formula of, of sexuation. And I th- think what I said was, and and it was informed a little bit by, by the way that I think that you, t- you, you teach it. I think it was completely, you were, you were also at fault here. I, I said about, about the male side that I d- didn't, I, I didn't like to to um, think of the uh, the what is it the a one is not sub- submitted to the to the phallic function I think I said yeah. I, again I keep doing this I think I said <laughs> <laughs> that um, to approach this in like, kind of in like the the orthodox way of like a primal father and this like one uh, like larger like figure um and to to even even if we're gonna argue like like against this or or to show the the um the fallaciousness of the of that position to argue to give that weight is to legitimize in some ways um misogyny as in it comes from like this position that is uh like not socially constructed but socially observed that's what I said. I think I said right, something right. like that. And she just <laughs> said, she made a noise. <laughs> she goes, hmm. And she says, uh, no, I'm, uh, I'm not inclined to think that way. <laughs> and that was it. <laughs> that was it. And I was, great. I was like, she's never going to want to talk to me again. She won't yep. be, this is before she like agreed to be my advice. Like she's very like, like, and just, I, I hope, I, I mean, we've gushed about this book and I mean, yeah, like, yeah. she's so wonderful and she's so yeah. important to me. So but, generous. Uh, too. It's so, so generous. But like, yeah. but, but her <laughs> commitment to theory, uh, uh, theory uberalis, like is, is, is just absolutely it. And, and anyway, like, and so yeah, so that was a castrating moment. There was a, so she invited, um, uh, I'll t- I suppose I'll tell this story another time, but uh, when I met Slavoj with you, cause you drove him down from Vermont, but, um, but she invited him for this talk and, uh, he, at the start of the talk at Brown, he called her a castrating bitch. And, uh, later she said that really offended a lot of people at Brown <laughs> and she, and she, she probably she wasn't sure if she could get she would be able to spearhead getting speakers down ever again. And I said to her, I was like, well, I guess people don't know how good friends you are. And she said, no, Ryan, it's not that I am a castrating bitch. <laughs> 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 uh, so anyway, 
so that that's was, pretty funny. It's pretty good. So it's that's good. so. Um, let's talk about some. Let's let's talk about uh, 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 Joan Joan the castrator and what she yes. does. I'm going to gonna save uh, my yeah. story for the end. So we'll okay, cut, we'll, we'll cut right into the 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 meat of the chapter because I think so. One of the interesting things is that she put, and I'll let you talk about this because she's told this to you, not to mm. me, I think, um, that she constructed the the main part of the chapter, the linkage between the Kantian antinomies of pure reason and the Lacanian formulas of sexuation. She constructed that first, and mm-hmm. then she needed a vehicle to deliver it, right? So yes. she needed, like, can we use can we use cigarettes to deliver this drug, or what can we use to deliver it? And so the 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 the, the vehicle, the delivery mechanism, became Judith Butler, right? And yes. so, so that that's pr- so there's a there's a way in which the front part of the essay, if you look at it, doesn't quite. You might say, well, there's a little bit of a disjunction, and it's because that did get written afterward. Mm-hmm. And her main concern, I think, her concern with Butler is just purely as a occasion it's butler's a heuristic for for joan yes. i think and the the point is to get people interested in this what she notices is this amazing uh, correspondence I, I guess or parallel between the kantian antinomies and the lacanian formulas of sexuation so which so, i have dubbed lacant so lacant which is yes. nice yeah that's really yeah. nice i mean yeah. and and it is interesting that for Slavoj, Lacan is the inheritor of Hegel, and for right. Joan, it's clear that Lacan is the inheritor of Kant. So that, yep. even though they're the closest of friends, I, I don't know anyone as close as the two of them are. There, but the, but they're the, that's a dip point of difference, right? So that, mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. probably is what allows them to be friends. Is they have this really fundamental. Nice. That's difference. a very Joan I, reading. I think that, that's, is. I know that, she would like that. She, she would like, like that. That's a non-relation. Um, that's excellent. Yeah. Yeah. So, so anyway, so, so her, I, so the first let's start with the Butler cause that's what starts the essay off. So mm-hmm. her idea is that for Butler, and this is many people probably know this, that, that for Butler sex is narrated, right? And so mm-hmm. once we understand that sex is a narration, then we can re-narrate it. We can narrate it otherwise. And so her whole insistence on performativity mm-hmm. is about the way in which we can we perform sex in different ways and we can perform it differently and thus alter what sex is. And so it's so for 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 Butler, sex is a symbolic has a symbolic status. And I think that for Joan is the crucial is the crucial yeah. point. And I think the crucial for her mistake that Butler makes, that she grants sex a, a, a symbolic mm-hmm. rather than a real, to put it in Lacan's terms, status. That is, and she, this is a sentence that she says in the, in the chapter close to the beginning, sex is the stumbling block of sense, right? Yes. So, mm-hmm. so it's not part of sense. It's actually where sense stumbles. And for, for what Joan means by sex isn't sexual acts, it's mm-hmm. our sexed subjectivity, right? So mm-hmm. I think that's an important thing. If you don't get that when you're reading it, you're like, wait a minute, sex, uh, wait a minute. Right, I, because I think there's it, sense it, when I'm having sex with a person. I feel like there's sense there. But no, it's what she means is our sex subjectivity. Yeah, and it also, the it may seem that she's arguing on different terrain from Butler because Butler's book is called Gender Trouble. And what, you know, Butler is arguing about is the performativity of, gender and not and and to to go away so 
she accepts, and this is a thing that Joan pushes back against, is that she accepts that sex is a biological determination. Right, but Butler's whole point is that that it's the performance of gender that causes us to have the ideas that we have about biological sex, right? I mean, that's yeah, the key, yeah. the key idea of the book, right? So I think, yeah, but I think that she, I think for the, I don't, I don't think Joan even accepts that assumption, you know, because that, right, b- right. and I mean, she does say that, that like, um, she has the line from, uh, she quotes a line, I think from the femininity lecture from, uh, from Freud about like pushing back against anatomy and uh, what does he say? Uh, what's the line that she has? Um, but uh, she, anyway, she she doesn't she doesn't want um, there th- two things that she pushes against is that she doesn't lo- she doesn't accept this absolute polarity of um, a natural biological discourse on the one hand and then a symbolic language one on the other. And that is uh, that is constructed. So it, she doesn't accept this at all. And right, she, but and doesn't but isn't Butler herself being critical of that? Like, isn't I, Butler yeah, saying to, yeah, yeah. that the construction within the symbolic of gender actually ends up constructing sex as well? Right, isn't that Butler's point? And, and then, no, no, keep going. No, I and then I was going to say that it seems like Joan is saying, well. No, but like that you can't. So then, then the, to say that sex is constructed in that way mm-hmm. is to miss the way in which it it like I think what she I I, I think maybe this is what you were getting at that 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 the what she's saying is what disrupts the symbolic is not the biological real, mm-hmm. but the real at which the point at which sense or signification breaks down. I mean, I think that's the. Like, isn't yeah, she really saying, look, but I mean, I think this is her claim that Butler misses where the real is. The real isn't this this biological structure. The real is actually the fact that our narrations, our symbolic stories that we tell about our gender and hence about our sex actually fail. And it's that failure that is sex for her. Yeah. Yeah. I what I, I think. That is all correct. What I was trying to get at is just that um, the that she her whole thing in in this beginning part of the chapter is to get at the precepts uh, to 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 Butler's okay. argument, and yeah, that yeah, like yeah. that there are there are assumptions that undergird even the work that Butler like uh, like tries to undo, right? Which is that like you know what's the line that Joan quotes that um, she uh, what is it the uh, that she wants, she's intent on undoing the stability of binary sex, which is like a project that like Joan, you know, uh, is, is, is agree with, you know, she, cause she doesn't want to think of, um, the two-ness or complementarity of, right. of, of right. the sexual relation. She doesn't want to think that at all, but there it's, um, what they are, I think where, what's important is that what, what, uh, so where, Joan ultimately pushes back against Butler is that there is a, a a claim that is totalizing that ignores a prior field that that of assumption that is where Joan roots her work, but where Joan sees Butler kind of skipping a step. That's all I was. Tra- that's what I was trying to. Get. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. Get where where saying. like yeah like where where like I think like like um 
like Butler kind of uh, to to begin as like the genesis of her argument, and again, this is what what Joan kind of gets at in this chapter is like is overthrowing um, assumptions that then later come to be a little bit. The Joan I think determines later that to be like a little bit too solid for Butler because it's it's on the side of like the uh, uh, of constructivism and, and the way that Joan understands this is that like the subject can never be the the cause of oh, sorry the, the the yeah that's it is that like the the social and the symbolic ends up being cause for right. the subject for the constructivism subject, right. and then right. for right. her subject is an effect of the of the social. And 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 the, the, the symbolic, and that that's a big thing, and that has that has roots in like where they I think begin their inquiry. So yeah, that's right, it. right. I think that to me that's the like you almost could say everything in the response to Butler is in that idea, right? That you cannot like you can't just take a symbolic structure as precisely determining mm-hmm. subjectivity. Why? Because subjectivity is what is the is the breaking off of that determine like the determination and she she talks about this in terms of the relationship between S1 and S2 right so the mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. have a master signifier in S1 that would determine the subject but there's something blocks the way and right. and that what blocks the way is for her the real that that is that 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 the, the symbolic on its own and this is what leads her into the discussion of the antagonisms and the uh, uh, formulas of sexuation, the, the mm-hmm. symbolic on its own can't, it doesn't function in a straight line, right? Like that's, so sex yeah. is the very deviation within the symbolic causality. Yeah. And that's why you can't have a cause A that creates, or the effect is sub- subject B, right? Like you don't get this straight line. Instead, you get a curved line, and then, and then as a result, subjectivity is is free. I mean, that mm-hmm, ends mm-hmm. up being her point toward the end of the of the chapter. That it's in a way she's trying to defend freedom against against the position that she thinks that Butler's in a way endangering the freedom of the subject in her theory. Yeah, there, there's. Um, she's been, as I said, like at the beginning, like she's been teaching you to read the entire time. And one one of the things that she's gotten at a lot is the success of tautological arguments. Um, and one of them, so this is on, in my verso copy, the page two of six, excuse me, she's talking about, uh, And, uh, this is exactly, I just wanted to, to kind of underline what you're, you're getting into. She has this great line about like part of what Butler accepts is what, so sure accepts and like how he ends up propping up uh, the, the signification and that she thinks needs uh, a, a rethink in a, in a twist. And so anyway, so here, here she says that, and I think there's a, a thing that she does that that's a, that's a, a subtle and maybe I'm overreading, but we'll, we'll see what you have to think about this. Um, but so sure eventually decided to give priority to the co- uh, contemporaneous system of signifiers operating at some hypothetical frozen moment, the present. Forgetting for his own purposes his important stipulation that meaning must be determined retroactively, that is, forgetting that diachronic, sorry, that is, forgetting the diachronic nature of meaning, he ultimately founded the science of linguistics on the systemic, uh, sorry, systematic totality of language. Thus, the structuralist argument ceased to be that the final signifier S2 determines that which has come before, S1, and became instead that S2 determines S1 and 
S1 determines S2. That is, the reciprocal oppositions stabilize meanings between coexistent terms, and differential relations no longer threaten the transvaluation of all preceding signifiers. So this is a tautology that she's trying to to criticize, and I think she does. The, she has the, this sentence, this like key sentence, forgetting for his own purposes his important stipulation that meaning must be determined retroactively. Crucial. That it, crucial. Crucial. That is for, forgetting the diachronic nature of meaning. So this. This is the sentence. This, I'm probably overreading. This is a sentence that you can rearrange. Um, forgetting the diachronic nature of meaning, he uh, he Sashore ultimately founded the science of linguistics on the totality of the, on the systematic totality of language. Forgetting for his own purposes his important stipulation that meaning must be determined retroactively. Like, right. So right. like, and I, I I don't know. Like I think because I, I don't I don't put uh, anything out of her powers. I think that she's like written the sentence in that way. Um, that you can you can work with it and and like that she puts the um, she puts the important clauses in a way that can be like uh, turned, but it shows you the like the important point about it. So okay, so the meaning has to be retroactive. It can't be well. That's right. I mean, like she's talking about nactreglicite, right? Like that's the, yeah, the, uh, yeah, or, or belatedness, retroactivity, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's the key point. And and it's interesting that then she goes on to say a certain quote unquote. I like that she quotes puts post structuralist in quotes. Uh-huh, response yes. to the structural thesis has taken an antithetical position by simply ignoring the requirement for the completion of meaning. Now that yep. mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I think mm-hmm. in one sentence, it's a it's a it's a fund to me. It is a fundamental demolition mm-hmm. of the Derridian position and yeah. the, and the way that Butler's invested in that in, in gender trouble, right? Like just like, we're not going to accept that you have to have a completion of me, that there has to be a point of quilting, right? A point yeah. that signification ends. We're just going to say, because signification also has this diachronic structure that goes on into the future. Mm-hmm. We're going to just ignore the fact that in order to have any signification at all, you have to have a stopping point. Yeah. And, and and so I think it's just it's it, you know it's like if you wanted to you could write a book on quote unquote post structuralism again I, mm-hmm. I hate the concept because I don't think yeah. it exists but you could write a book on it and you could never say something as good as that one sentence <laughs> yeah no I I mean that's I the mean, kind it, of thing I do right? <laughs> 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 you write whole you 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 know this line um, <laughs> this this line from uh, uh, almost famous where uh, um, Philip Seymour Hoffman is playing the uh, the real life uh, um, rock critic uh, Lester Bangs, and he he says the letter by the box tops says in two minutes what it takes Jethro Tull forty minutes not to say like he says like <laughs> something like that. And, um, I think it's funny that you you you, you sort of Joan Joan Kopchick says in one sentence what it takes you uh, books not to say not to I say think, yeah not yeah, to yeah, say. Yeah, I think yeah. I think you're being harsh on yourself, but well, I do think, well. I think it's I do, I do think it's true. I do think it's true of Joan. Um, that that she does she gets at some of these things. I mean, that's why I said like you know this is the Great Gatsby of, of psychoanalytic literature because they're just these sentences that are like, uh, as I like said, like that one. Yeah, it's really yeah, great. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And the her whole point, like, and where this like becomes like sort of a um a logical problem. I mean, this is what she works through. And I'm just going to read some from this paragraph that the, that line. So Butler's position in gender trouble fits into the second category of response to the antinomic uh, antinomic rule of language. It notes merely that signification is always in process, and then concludes from this that there is no stability of sex. Uh, and then 
I think kind of the most famous line uh, from this, or at least maybe most important. When we speak of language's failure with respect to sex, we speak not of its falling short of a prediscursive object, but of its uh, falling into contradiction with itself. Sex coincides with this failure, this inevitable contradiction. Sex is then the impossibility of completing meaning, not, as Butler's historicist deconstructionist argument would have it, a meaning that is incomplete, unstable. And so what Joan is, is, is trying to say is that, like, um, where Butler positions her argument is in a realm of signification and by removing, as, as you just said, by removing the idea, I mean, she doesn't say quilting point, but by removing the idea of quilting point or of, uh, like, the retroactivity of meaning, she concludes that there is no meaning that like even like reiterative, which is a big word for her that people don't because now now performativity means like a one time performance, which is like she's right. adamant. It's not what it, right. I mean, she wrote a whole other book about that, correcting that misreading, which was bodies that matter. And then she refer- right. I mean, we, we said this in the early days of the podcast. She even says this again in the psychic life of power in like a couple paragraphs, like responding that that's not. That's not performativity, but now, you know, it's, uh, now, unfortunately it's like, it's like irregardless, you know, like, so, uh, that's sort of just out there. But, um, but the, uh, the point that, that Joan is making is that like, uh, again, it's at the, this is like my, my sort of thing here is that if the assumption that you accept a priori is that signification it, like is is uh, is unstable, then and then you make uh, gender a completely social signifying thing, then of course it's unstable. And what Joan argues in this chapter is that, but I, I guess maybe maybe you could put it this way: is that Butler doesn't earn that conclusion, and the way that she does go about making that claim, it doesn't it doesn't so the. Uh, uh, what, what what would it be the, uh, the 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 predicates and the consequences like they don't they don't support each other right 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 you know so um, like it it ends up being it ends up being a tautology if you think signification if you agree and on the Deridian side signification is always sliding and that and, and there is just just utter like signification is a realm of like utter chaos then of course like 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 gender is 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 unstable but then the kind of the, the, the problem that um, I guess Joan doesn't take it up exactly, doesn't take this up in the chapter because her interests lie elsewhere. But I mean, we've brought this up before is that, um, you know, like the sentences, like how, how then could, if you really accept that argument, how could Derrida ever have been expected to, to like for anyone to understand a single thing he ever said? Right. Right. Like, right, like, right. like and a, I don't mean, I don't mean theoretically. I just mean like just on the like, sentence level. Yes, at the level of the sentence, like right, like right. it's it's not a thing, and this is what Joan is doing is she's trying to push that is like she's noting, of course, she's accepting the idea that one cannot say all in in language that that's that it's not possible, but that point of failure that arrests the sliding of signification right. that yeah. makes it complete. That is not an index of its incompleteness as it is for Butler. Derrida deconstruction. Right, right, right. I mean, it's a great point. I, I think like, so if Derrida can have any disciples, it proved, they prove that he's wrong. 
Yeah, I mean, that's point. what you're saying. I think that's, <laughs> yeah, right, I really right. like that. I think that's absolutely true. Um, but you know, that's a, that's a dead horse, but, um, but I, Butler's not a dead horse. So, so I think that, and, 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 and I think Joan is right that the logic of that, of Butler's critique is very much invested in that Derridian point about the openness of signification, right? Like if, like once mm-hmm. you accept the idea that you have to, not that you can, but mm-hmm. that you have to quilt something. Yeah. You're always yeah. quilting it, right? Like, mm-hmm. And I think this was Lacan's point about the variable session, right? Like, like the, the, the IPA, the International Psychoanalytic Association, they, they were quilting everything at 50 mm-hmm. minutes. They yeah. just didn't theorize it. So right, that would right, be, right, right. and so I think that's what Joan would say to Derrida and to Butler, like, oh, sorry, you are quilting it. You're mm-hmm, just mm-hmm. not, you're not, theor- you're just you're allowing theorizing. it to be arbitrary. Yeah. yeah. Or, or which, which tendentious a, or something. Right. Well, yeah. well, that's exactly, well, I mean, as a, to, to, this, to put a pin in something for like me to come back to later, not in this podcast, but just that's, I, I think why quilting point can't simply be end. Right. Because that because mm-hmm. I think you just made the great point is that the other psychoanalysts were putting it at the, the end is 50 minutes. And right. then Lacan is trying to find it like, you know, organically. And it's like, you get end, like, it's just, it's just not a, not a predetermined end, I guess, is the, is, is, is the, is the thing that I want to get. But, um, what Joan, uh, does here in, in, in what she said, like one, one of the things I think that is, uh, like a nice sentence from this, that, that is kind of clear about what, uh, what she's doing, like vis-a-vis what, like uh, contra, what Butler's doing is she, she charges, the, like gender trouble um, with removing sex from gender, not biological sex and not um, the sexual act, although not, not sexual acts, but just, right. The, the, <laughs> so she, so she says on 207, sex is disjoined from the signifier. It becomes that which does not communicate itself, that which marks the subject as unknowable. And then a couple lines down, sex serves no other function than to limit reason, to remove the subject from the realm of possible experience or pure understanding. Uh, And this is what she says is what Lacan meant by uh, there is no sexual relation. Sex in opposing itself to sense is also by definition opposed to relation to communication. So, and this is why we keep saying quilting point. I think there's a reason why she doesn't use that term possibly because it's like, as we've said before, it's a bit of a hap axe for Lacan. Like he only says it like the one time. Um, and, and that's not, I mean, Joan's concern is for the very late Lacan here, right? So yeah, yeah that's from yes. very early seminar three and she's talking almost exclusively about seminar about 20. 20 in this. Yeah. 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 And, and, and I think also it, uh, well, I don't know. Like I think as a, and maybe she doesn't want to go to the, to, to metaphor, but it's sort of like, uh, if you ended a sentence with, with the period, but it was you, it was a circle. So that it wasn't filled in, it was right. more, it was just highlighting the void. That right. to her, right. I, I think, is is how she understands the 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 non non relation. I agree. Do you do you? So I have to. We have to reinterpret all those people that draw their eyes with hearts on the top. That <laughs> that actually was a radical philosophical I, yes. gesture. Yeah, I like that, Ryan. I think that's true. I think because yeah, I, I, I yeah I misogynistically made fun of those girls oh. in grade school, so I have yeah. to. 
asked well, forgiveness you, for that theoretical. Think, yeah, no, I mean they were theoretically project. much more on the ball than I was. I, mean, I think so. Well, it, it, well, it, it's it's. I mean, this is sort of. Um, I think I'm stealing something from Aladdin Dalar um, on um, the Hitchcock's objects is the like when what he talks about in um, um, uh, the one with the two Charlies. What 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 am I? Th- uh, what Shadow of a Doubt. Shadow of a Doubt. Okay, that it's the the ring that 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 uh, that he gives Charlie. Like it. Um, it, it, it notes and, and absence like there's just if you like without the ring like so the ring ends up being the thing that that it's from a a, a, a widow that he killed yeah. Yeah. um and so it ends up being like the smoking gun if that that leads her to discovering that he's a serial murderer um but what one of the things that that um Mladen, like notes with that is that the ring itself like in if you put the ring in the air, it's like it's actually making a void right where it did not exist before right it's like the vase right i think that's right yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. it's and yeah so like and i think that's i think that's that's how uh we we keep seeing saying quilting point because i think that's i mean it's a more important term for us and i and i think that's what like what joan is trying to get that's how that's how i i read that's how I read this, that like the, the point is that sex is a structural incompleteness of language, not that sex is itself incomplete, which means that incompleteness completes it. It's like that that that, right. that void closes. It closes it. Yeah, it yeah. It's it really, it's a great it point. Forever. It's such a great point. And then it's interesting how, you know, I think if you read this, it doesn't feel like the Butler discussion is pasted on. It just seems no. to go right into the main claims of the essay and, and, and she starts with the phallic function and Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. her, her, and, and, you know, I I mean, it's interesting. So both she and Alenka Zupancic, they, they, they like, rather than retreat from this phallicism argument against psychoanalysis, they just like Mm -hmm. confront it head on. Right. Like, like for, for both of them, it's, it's the psychoanalysis is actually exposing the fraud of the phallus Mm-hmm. not invested in some kind of phallicism. And I think this, you know, her ch- her little section here on the phallic function displays that, right? And but mm-hmm. but it the the starting point of it is that the subject cannot be neuter. And mm-hmm. so this is why mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. that the yeah. that that it that that for her sext means something about it doesn't mean so much the act as it means I mean it includes the act, I guess, mm-hmm. but it means that your your subjectivity is 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 off right it's 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 slanted it's not it's not neuter mm-hmm. and i think that that for her is crucial that there and and i think in a way it, it's interesting because i think this is a i think she sees this as a kantian revision of the history of modern philosophy because i think that part of descartes breakthrough was to see the subject as not sexed, right? So, mm-hmm. so, yeah. so, so Descartes has this really important uh, philosopher named Poulain de la Barre, and he is basically the first male uh, feminist, right? So he and, and Descartes too. I mean, he he he. Mo- most of his interlocutors were women. He was mm-hmm. he he was very he was very conscious of the the issues of sexism, and and 
not so concerned about the uh, speciesism. <laughs> yeah. he, he said, he said, you know, you know, this famous line where he said that the wailing of an animal. We should think no more of the wailing of an animal than the the noise that a machine makes when it's not working oh, correctly. So, yeah, yeah, it's pretty yeah. bad. So anyway, That's so gross. Peter Singer has a field day with that. But yeah, um, yeah. that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, uh, but but about about the question of 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 sexism and gender, he was pretty avant-garde. So, and one of the things that he did was introduce this subject that wasn't necessarily male, right? Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. prior to like throughout the medieval epoch, and even, even I think for the Greeks that, that Western philosophy had a sense that subjectivity was male. And so, Mm -hmm. so it's interesting that for, for Joan, what Kahn is doing is actually re- and psychoanalysis is resexualizing this modern subject. Yeah, no, that, I think that's exactly right. I mean, this is she. Um, she has a great. Um, if people don't want to buy the book or can't find a copy, uh, this chapter has. Well, she. I don't. She didn't like revise this, but she iterated on it at two other occasions. One is an essay called "The Sexual Compact." It's a great essay. Great essay, and then she has another one that is. Um, it's just called "Sexual Difference." for an online journal called uh, political concepts and you, you also can very just, good it's very very good and yeah. what she says like it's almost the first line so so you can tell just to back up what todd's saying about how important the um pushing back on the notion of a neuter subject she it's like the first line of the essay where she says that it, if to to follow butler and in theories of gender the subject becomes neuter like she, she's, she says, I insist on this, that yeah. in, in, that when we talk about gender, it's neuter and that this removes, as she says here, it removes sex from the, the concept. Um, right. and that this is a, that this is a, a mistake. So what, um, so she pushes back on, on that idea of the universe of it's, it's kind of funny. I think that like what you, what your positioning is really nice is that like Descartes does a radical move that Joan undoes because it actually, it, it actually covered something up. So like, right, where, right, right. You, you know, and, and, and so we, if, if there's going to be, I don't think she would use the word universal in the way that you and I necessarily would. But, um, if there is going to be like the unit, you can only talk about the subject and universality in terms of sex. I think for Joan, Joan, I right. Think that, because that, that sex is the argument. universal failure. Yes, that's I think that's right, exactly right. Right, 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 yeah. right, right. Yeah. Which is interesting because that's one of the claims that she makes is that sexual difference is different than what does she say, race, class, or ethnic difference? She does like, say that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. this is on what is it on page uh in my book, in my MIT book, it's page two oh six that mm-hmm. that um that 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 there there is sorry, two oh seven, that sexual difference is unlike racial class or ethnic differences. Mm-hmm. Whereas these mm-hmm. differences are inscribed in the symbolic, sexual difference is not only the failure of its inscription is marked in the symbolic. Sexual difference, in other words, is a real and not a symbolic difference. So that's pretty, it's interesting that she sees, mm-hmm. the, in other words, like race or class is a successful for her mm-hmm. narrative or symbolization or, or story about yourself, whereas sex is the failure of a certain story about yourself. Yeah, and this... I think we're going to come back to because I think that's a 
I think that's a point where we depart a little bit. Maybe a question, yeah. Maybe yeah, a but, question. But that's but that is I mean, she says it flat out. Like like so yeah. um sexual difference um is this I think I, to so to think along with her, what I think what why she would say that and why that makes sense in her system. And again, as I said at the outset, to to take this seriously uh, as David Bordwell does not, as, as we saw, like it requires like fidelity. You really have to think it through. And her point is that um, I, to re- recap a little bit, what you just said is that, um, I mean, race as, uh, as, as we know is like, there's just one race. It's the human race. There's just one, but that doesn't mean that the categories of race that exist socially, that doesn't make them, any less real. And I mean that in a common sense, not in a Lacanian sense. The like, so I think Joan would look at that and to see how prominent race is in like social signification. And for her, that can never like that, that, that just sex, what she's saying about sex and sexual difference and the, the way that failure completes meaning there, like the, she, would like, like race and class, like these things have much more clearer social determinants. So it's a different uh, discourse to use the, the Butler term, but it's it's just a completely different conversation. Well, it works, right? I mean, I think that's what she would say that it works. Whereas it's not like, like sense works there. It's not like class isn't the stumbling block of sense. Class is one way in which sense works out. Like you get a symbolic Mm -hmm. identity based on your class, although class is a little dicier than... (laughs) Even race is dicey, I think, if you're thinking about it. I mean, it's funny because I think the one thing she doesn't bring up is the one where I would say it's clearest, which would be religion. Like, religion Mm -hmm. does seem to give you, successfully, a a symbolic identity, right? Like, Mm -hmm. I am this thing. Like, I feel like I am this, and I am this thing, right? So so that... You know, so it, it, it's funny that the other ones, like, eh, like if, if if you ask someone what class they are, sometimes I think a lot of people might be offended you even ask them that. Yeah. Uh, the, and other people be, would. Should be obvious. It should be like obvious this, or or yeah. they would they would be ashamed. Right. So. So I think I mean, my parents were ashamed. So I think that that's a that it's not necessarily the, the success isn't so clear, I guess. Okay, let's turn to her uh, her argument with Kant to to continue uh, the thread that she's developing because it's it's um it's really I mean as you said the that the the Butler discussion which seems so important because it's I mean it comes first in in the in the essay was um, a consideration that's added later because as you're right she did say to me she felt like she did a service. To, to for everyone to to uncover this uh, connection between Lacan and Kant, Lacan as I called it, um, but then yeah. felt like um, it wasn't no, no one, one would read, read it. it. It wouldn't be read, readable right. uh, or or approachable, and she or, or or nor would it seem timely. So she wanted to see what was like a debate that w- or you know a conversation that was happening and be able to put. And Gender Trouble was ninety one. This book's ninety four. So it definitely was a timely. And let's not forget, I mean, as I think I said in the, when I talked about it in the where to start, where not to start episode on it, like Gender Trouble was a New York Times bestseller. It's hard, maybe hard to imagine that, 
but it was a New York Times bestseller. And I don't even know, like, a, a work of uh, pure, like, theory, like, academic theory. Like, I, can you uh, remember? Uh, I can't I think can't, of one. Not no, off the no, top no, of my no, head. No, I, I can't no. remember. I mean, like, uh, Cap, uh, Thomas uh, Piketty, like, the... Yeah, Piketty's book probably is is one. Yeah, so maybe there you capital go. Capital in twenty first century, an example. Maybe, maybe. Yeah, yeah. But but anyway, yeah. so um, absolutely huge. Uh, uh, g- uh, gender trouble was. Um, I mean, and it still is. Like looms very large. Um, certainly in the academy, and I think socially as well. So, but what she wants to that argument and is like, if you understand it, if you follow, then what she wants to take you to is Funky Town. What she wants to take you to is the logic that undergirds her position. And where that comes from is um, Kant and the radicality of Kant that um, she sees uh, Lacan uh, iterating upon. And what this leads her to is this uh, connection between uh, Kant's antinomies of reason and Lacan's formulas of sexuation. And so this um, this is tricky and hard, I think. This, yep. is, this is hard to see visually. It's hard for me to hold in my head for very long. So uh, yeah. we're trying to be uh, careful as as, uh, as we go through this. So, um, Todd. So Kant. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so Kant, so so the, the antinomies of pure reason come from the, the third part, basically, of the critique of pure mm-hmm. reason, written in 1781. And it's the, it's what's called the transcendental dialectic. Now, for Kant, dialectic means only... It's only used in a negative mm-hmm. sense. So for Hegel and for Plato, dialectic produces something positive. For Kant, dialectic just means reasons reached a point where it falls into contradiction. And so it's it's basically trying to think too far or too wide. Mm-hmm. So the problem is that we can only apply our thinking for Kant to the what is our a field of possible experience. Mm-hmm. So when so reason, and that's what the under what he calls the understanding does. And that's throughout in, in, in the transcendental analytic, that's where Kant, that's the middle section of the critique of pure reason. Kant develops that structure of the understanding and, and in its various laws. And and then in the in the final section, he he shows these basically three different ways that that reason overshoots the mark. Mm-hmm. And so one of those three different... So he deals with proofs for the existence of God, and then he deals with what he calls the paralogisms of pure reason. And then the third one, it's not third in, in order, it's it's second mm-hmm. in order, is 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 the is what he calls the antinomies of pure reason. So the antinomies of pure reason are what happens when reason tries to answer these questions about different ontological problems that are unanswerable. So the, the, the first two, which Joan calls the mathematic and Kant calls the mathematical antinomies, are does the world have a beginning in space and time? Mm-hmm. And the second one, which is interesting that Joan doesn't deal with this at all, I don't think. She might even, maybe she mentions, I don't th- remember it though, is is there a simple substance? So is there, like, mm-hmm. if, can you cut something down to you arrive at a simple substance or can you just keep on cutting it down infinitely? Okay, so then the second group, the third and fourth antinomies, deal are, he calls the the dynamic or dynamical antinomies, and they deal with with questions of freedom or necessity or the existence of what Kant calls a necessary being, which would be God. So, So it's interesting that, again, Joan focuses on one of them, that is the question of freedom versus necessity, 
and doesn't really deal with the question of, uh, is there a necessary being? Is there God? Right. So that's, that's interesting. That's her, that I think is her, that's just her way of going about it. But her main point is there's this opposition between what she calls the mathematical antinomies and what she calls the dynamic antinomies and what Kant calls each of those. And, and she wants to, she wants to uncover the way in which that the logic of the difference between those is the exact same, she thinks, as the logic that that Lacan, you got me talking about Lacan, um, that Lacan discovers. <laughs> I, I like it; it's great. Um, that Lacan discovers when he's talking about sexual difference. So, and then she links the mathematical antinomies and their structure to feminine sexuation, and then she links the dynamic antinomies and their structure to masculine sexuation. I, I think, I, I think you did a service <laughs> for, um, for, for, un, for untangling that. So, okay. Um, the, the, okay. So the important, I think, uh, if we have to, to, to boil, to boil it down, um, what Joan wants to, to get at, uh, is looking at the, um, the, the, so in Lacan's formula of sexuation, the, the, the term that, uh, persists across all the different, uh, I don't know, what I want to use the proper word, uh, all the different functions is the, is the, no, that's the, the phallic function is the phallic. Well, yeah, the, I would right. Just all, along all, across all the different formulas. There right? we go. Like okay. Yeah, yeah. Every so. formula includes the phallic function. Right, 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 right. So, um, and what she, which is castration, right? Which that's, it, that's Lacan's name for castration. Okay. Symbolic so, castration. Excellent. Okay. Symbolic castration, uh, to give, uh, an example, um, is the feeling of loss for which you never ha- even had a possibility of having. Right. At all. That would be, so I like to think about symbolic castration vis-a-vis, disappointing television uh, finales is people are just like, I, I mean, the game of Thrones thing is just as such a, like a, it's, it's still a present. I even put this at, at the beginning of an essay that I wrote recently that um, will hopefully be, be published somewhat soon is like, uh, I think it was HBO max put out like a celebration, like a 10 year celebration of, uh, of, of game of Thrones. And they put the, they had a, um, a video of the final season which was divisive to put it mildly. And it like the, uh, it was on, they, they released it through the Hollywood reporter on their website and Hollywood reporter had to turn the comments off because it was just like, it was just getting torn up. And so basically what people want is they want, they want, they want HBO to do it again. They be, and, and what people, what people are feeling, which would be like incredible if it happened like that would like, that would be, um, it really, really would be, I mean, it might be, it might be something, like honestly, I think it would be a popular move if, if HBO right, did, right, did do right. that. But I mean, I don't know. It's it's that's such a huge undertaking. I'm not really sure that you could you could get that to happen. But um, but that's a, a, to me a nice concrete example of symbolic castration. It really has actually nothing to do with uh with 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 gender or 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 sex. It's across like an entire fandom, an internet moment. Like it it it, it is it. But it is this feeling that there was a great ending out somewhere, but we got the worst one and we want that great one that could, that is, is out there. But the thing is, is it doesn't exist. And the, 
so what you didn't get is is just suffused with so much more satisfying content than the thing you did get um and because you don't have the that like i don't know impossibility uh you 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 feel that loss like e- extremely extremely hard um and that that is that is uh, that is symbolic castration it happens in sports when a team if a team has a bad in especially in the NFL if a team um uh ish, like pays too much draft capital for a player it's like what could we have done with those picks we gave up if in uh, uh you know in in football world football a player is transferred for a, a fee that fans and media think was way too much it's like you could have done so much more with that that money and it's again this is like these are sort of um anodyne examples of, uh, of symbolic castration but it all it has that it has that core to it is that like you didn't something like you feel that something was taken away from you that you never had right i yeah my my brother wick i he i i complained a little bit about the finale of breaking bad and i was like <laughs> well maybe they could have ended it right where when at the at the end of the half episode uh-huh, the last uh-huh. season five you know and yeah. he's like he's like you're such a you're such a fetishist of the of the great ending. Uh, <laughs> no, you're, no ending's ever good enough for you. And it's because it, it, I I want you know I have an idea for how, when Mad Men should end yes. and I thought Battlestar Galactica I think, and and he made the point to me that you only see the perfect ending after it's missed. Yes, and I thought oh, that's a pretty good point. I I, I, I do I, I I do think that although I think um, I'm tempted to say that the difference between left and right is that left knows how to end things earlier. But um, I don't know. I mean, that, I know. That, in that other hold? words, well, I'm just thinking that the, that the, what's added typically filmically is always a reactionary mm. thing, you know, that mm-hmm. it, 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 because it's a way out of, like you get to this point where the contradiction is evident, like in Mad Men, end of season six, mm-hmm. and then you find a way out of it yeah. at the end by the creating the new so that's I don't know I don't know if that holds but um, I mean it's a real it's a real I, I mean it, it does come back to our discussion of the quilting point mm-hmm. I think because it's about really how does that like when do you quilt something and and that really is decisive and I think that ties to what what Joan's doing so anyway but but mm-hmm. so for her 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 real concern here is about symbolic castration right and 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 that everyone that that that's the thing that that is in common with all the all the different formulas of sexuation so on the so just to go through those for from yeah, yeah. so they're from lacan seminar 20 and they're also a little if you're looking at these formulas you're like what the hell is this but <laughs> it's really not that complicated so so we'll start like Joan does on the feminine side so the feminine side is all X or all subjects mm-hmm. are subject to castration, right? So mm-hmm. there's, and then there is no, sorry, I just screwed that you up actually. Up, I, was gonna say. <laughs> I just screwed it up. I just made men, women into men. So, uh, so all, so there, here's how, here's how the first feminine side goes. There is no one that is not subject to castration, mm-hmm. right? So that's the first female formula, seemingly clear, right? Mm-hmm. Except formulated negatively. And then the second one is not all X, so not all women mm-hmm. are subjected to castration. And then there's a huge debate about what that 
possibly could mean. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) if there is no one that is not, what does it mean that not all are, Mm -hmm. right? So, so So some people have said, well, there's part of femininity that escapes castration. And I think this is the, or some form of feminine jouissance that escapes castration. Mm -hmm. And I think this for a while was a dominant reading. But Joan, and this is a reading of Slavoj's too, I think he's indebted to Joan on this. Um, Her point is, no, no, woman is not all subjected to castration because she is all in Mm -hmm. the symbolic structure and doesn't have this rampart outside that gives her, that would anchor her outside. So being all in is a kind of creates this not all because there's no way to create a barrier on the set of all women. That's the mm-hmm, point. Mm-hmm, and that's, mm-hmm. so, so that's the, and then on the male side, all X, all men are subjected to castration. Mm-hmm. There is one X, there is one man that is not, right? Mm -hmm. So that's the key thing, that there's this one exception to the rule on the male side, and the exception closes the set of men. So the fact, and this is the big key point, that the fact that feminine sexuality lacks the exception means you cannot close the set of all women. Mm -hmm. Male sexuality has the exception, this primal father that has it all. Thus, the set of men can be closed. And that she... And that Joan lines up with the antinomies of Kant. So the mm-hmm. the antinomy of the the mathematical antinomy of is there a beginning of the world in space and time or not fits in because the idea is that both of those statements mm-hmm. can the world have a beginning in space and time? Can it or can it not? Her idea is both those statements for Kant. This is what he claims are false, mm-hmm. right? And so the point is about both of those. Uh, statements of sexuation for Lacan is that they both don't are about not working out, right? They both don't work out. So it's <laughs> that's the parallel that she finds. Um, okay, the, again, continuing to do continuing to do a service. Can can I go through? Can I go through? Yeah, yeah, please, give, please, give yeah, 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 and yeah. To, yep. to like okay, in the way that I did. All right. Um, yep. Now, uh, this, of course, so Joan doesn't give examples because. Um, there, I think I would say there, actually, this might be a pretty good example of the, uh, not all, uh, because there's something in, <laughs> there's something in the example that escapes the thing that you're trying to say. Like, it's just a little unwieldy. Um, yeah. so, but I mean, that's the real, con- that's a, it's an interesting contrast between her and Slavoj because mm-hmm. he almost, all he does is give examples. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. 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 Which I, uh, yeah, I d- definitely. And it's something that helps me. I mean, like I, it's easier for me to think in examples. So like, yeah, I think, okay, there is not, there's not one X that is not submitted to the phallic function. So I'm going from top left, left side on the, the male side of the formulas of sexuation. I'm going to go to bottom right. So top okay. left, would you accept as an idea here? Uh, okay. The, the, the notion of the, of the, of the primal father of the like, you know, this like perfect exceptional, uh, male, uh, subject is this, um, socially is this captured when people say things like be a man or man up? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think that's right. I think that is a way in which you can see the social manifestation of this logical structure that's behind 
masculine sexuation. Yeah. Nice pun, by the yeah. way. Manifestation. That's pretty good. <laughs> I didn't mean that. But yeah, that's really yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So so the so the so the where you don't and, and I think it's isn't it interesting that we don't have a corresponding like yes. woman up. Exactly. Like no I mean like yes. okay, people's and I think what, what Joan would say is the historicist way of thinking about that would say, well, it's because we live in a patriarchal society mm-hmm. and et cetera. But she would say, no, there's a difference in the structure, the logical structure beneath sex, mm-hmm. that then patriarchy is a response to and a refusal of the radicality of feminine sexuation. Yes. Right? So yeah. I think that is, a to me, that's really the key point, that, that for her... It, patriarchy is not the ultimate answer. Mm-hmm. The, that that but behind patriarchy, we have this structure of sexuation that's different, and that and that that patriarchy is a response mm-hmm. to that the not all of feminine sexuation. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, yeah, and I think that that the this is part of what um, part of what props up. Uh, uh, patriarchy, I think, or like one of its, um, again, one of its, one of its aims, uh, if, if it can have agency is, um, to make as though the, uh, absolute frailest, most like, as Joan says about Reagan in the previous chapter that we talked about in the last podcast, the, the, the most, like, even like the most impotent, of, of men, the, the, just the weakest, the pettiest, like, like Trump, like Reagan, they have to be the primal father. And the reason is in that, like, in this, in this would be the, like the, the, the core of the, of, of misogyny here is that the reason why the weakest among men have to be seen as the best, because if the smallest of the, the smallest man cannot be seen as the biggest, then what hope does anyone else have and and like the whole like like because it's like the the whole the the, not that not that i think things should be like i don't want anyone to hear this and be like yes it should be a meritocracy like that's that's not that's not a solution but um but the whole thing uh like avoids um any any kind of uh like like it, it wants to avoid um value and it wants to just like, I mean, this is, I, I think you, you even see this in a, in a common sense uh, kind of criticism is that like, Oh, it's because this person is a man that he's able to do blank when he's unqualified and doesn't have like, like the, like the being the man part has to have this like unquestioned kind of value. And it can only have that social currency. If, like again, the the weakest, pettiest, most impotent men can be seen as the as the best, because if, if there is any kind of cut there, then it exposes the fragility of like of an, an utter vacuity of uh, of of the phallus, like at all, and and that and that's what patriarchy. Well, it also doesn't it also sh- all doesn't it also show how powerful the phallus is that it can yeah. lift up even the weak yeah i think it that's, has to yeah. yeah it like that's that's the and that's the whole point it has to it it if it doesn't and again and that's the other thing too and this is why i, I think part of the reason why like i understand why for the purposes of the chapter as the way that joan wrote it that like she doesn't use example because i just use trump and reagan as an example she doesn't use reagan as an example here because then class 
wealth, race, like all these things come into it, right? And right, then, and that right. changes the, the the way that we think about it. And she wants to exclude. She wants to bracket those as a separate conversation because um, there's like uh, me, there's too much um, success on those for those signifiers. And right, I think I, I think that's right. Like you, once you bring up an example, then you you let the socio-historical into this logical yeah. problem. I yeah. think that's what she thinks. And, and she's trying to get at this basic structural homology, right? Mm. That, and, 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 and she thinks that if you, you know, to bring up the, the socio-historical is to, is to lose it. I mean, but I, but I do think you're right. I think that be a man statement is really good. And I also think that the fact that there is an imaginable ideal man, mm-hmm. even though that has changed over time, mm-hmm. and there's not a corresponding ideal to femininity, I think is an important way of understanding. I think it's inaccurate, but I think it does help you grasp what she's getting at with the notions of the, the notion of the, of the different forms of the formulas of sexuation, that there's not this one that stands out from the whole and constitutes the whole. Yeah. Or the all, right? Like there's no mm-hmm. all on the feminine side. Just like in the mathematical antinomies, you can't, there's no world. There's no, the only way to solve those antinomies, Kant thinks, mm-hmm. is to say, like, does the world have a beginning in space and time or does it not? He says, well, the only way to solve it is to say the world doesn't exist, yeah. right? So so, so for her, and, and, and she goes from that to Lacan's famous, La femme n'existe pas. The the woman doesn't exist, right? Like the like that the non-existence mm-hmm. means that you're not you you're not fr- you're not given you're not there's no barrier there's no limit mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to to what to the feminine sexuation. Whereas masculinity has can be a group because there is a clear there is a clear limit figure. Yeah. Yes. I think that yeah, and and that that's what I mean. That's what she's keen to to underline is that like the that uh, femininity like she says like sex corresponds to this to this limit this failure, and that's the, that is the the position of what does she say dy- dynamical no mathematical yeah failure. not yeah mathematical yeah, failure yeah. is the is the is the female side so like that's so and I just want to like quickly go through them so if we okay so if we accept the premise that you know, be a man, right? That's the that's the top one. Right. So right, then right. the next one would be just to like just to change the terms is that like um all all men uh are basically basically would be that like all men are not men. It would be all men are castrated. And that's right. So okay. So then that that's that's on that side. Um isn't that isn't like can we give a concrete example of that? Wouldn't that be like uh the football team, for instance? Like like the coach plays the role of the non-castrated uh, nice. man and yeah. then the, and then and then you know creating the limit that yeah. that then constitutes the group of the you know hyper masculine I mean, I'm saying something very critical of football but uh, <laughs> as a player myself yeah. but um at one time um but so I so I think that that's um that that would be to me I don't know that seems like a good way to think about that, even though, of course, there are women's sports teams. But I, 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 it, it's tempting to say that the logic of the sports team itself is structured around male sexuation. Yeah, right? no, I think, I mean, that, that's, the, you know, there's this commercial, 
I don't know if you've seen this recent commercial for the NBA where they go through like the things that that WNBA has and like it's like we like we have dunks we have three like they like it's they're showing like clips that are absolutely like it that looks like it could be in the men's game and then it says like like it concludes like you know what the problem is the problem is you're not watching <laughs> and I right. and I kind of I kind of liked that as like a th- yeah, as, as like yeah. a as like a theoretical take because the um it, it because what the commercial like understood is that it's not about like stacking up the evidence and like see this is just like the men's game so you should watch it and it's like this is just like the men's game and you're not watching it like like right. and, and in fact and maybe if there was a tw- like a more theoretical version of it it's like um it's just like the men's game and that's why you're not watching it because that you need to maintain the ultimate exception for the men's game. Maybe that's the, right. the that's the, that's like kind of the next, that's the next. Step. Right. Cause, cause right. I, that's cause, interesting. Yeah. That's really good. Yeah. yeah. So that, so yeah. I agree with that. So then on the other, so then on the other side, it would be, so there's not one woman that is not submitted to the phallic function. The double negative is, is tricky. So, um, that so that's the not all, right? That's no, no, the that's not. the top. So I, do, I went top. So oh, you're on the top one. I yeah, to, yeah, yeah, I went top yeah. right. So no, okay. so there's not one that is not submitted to the phallic function. I think that might be, I mean, that that, that could be. I th- that means that 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 you're everyone is in there, right? Like yeah. that's the point. Everyone that, is castrated. That so do you think? Everyone is castrated so that there is no exception to castration. Okay. Like that is the, that's the idea. And it's interesting to try to think of, it's it's harder, I think, to think of a. I mean, I was. I think I can come up with a good one for the not all the bottom one, but mm-hmm. it's harder to think of one for that. I think, like, the, what does it mean to think of everyone castrated without a limit mm-hmm. that 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 makes that castrated group into a set? Yeah. You know, it's. I think yeah. that's really hard to even think about, like what that would look like. Maybe it. Maybe it's something like. So to think of uh, an example that you like, uh, the the serial structure of a of 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 a people at a bus stop that, oh, that yeah, yeah. Jean Paul Sartre would talk about, yeah, right? Yeah, like yeah, it would yeah. be I that right. it would be some something I, like that, right? Mm-hmm. Where there are these people that are they're together, but there's one could walk off at any time, right? Mm-hmm. And some could get on the bus, some could not. Like it's there's nothing really holding that collective together, which is for Sartre is a reason to be critical of it. But mm-hmm. I think. If you think about it in in Jones terms like that there's something almost ideal about that collective because it doesn't require this figure of the master on the outside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean I th- I think I think that's pretty good like uh, I, and I think Sartre would say that the that I think he, if he made a leap I think it'd be like I mean he thinks that what groups those people is capital. And like right. as you know obviously. Uh but like what groups those people is capital but like capital castration, like like that's where it's coming. I think he would be yeah, yeah, fine yeah. with that being the with that being the term. I think that's right. Yeah. And then like and then I think the point would 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 be further is that like w- when someone leaves that line, they're still castrated. Like they're that, still castrated. You know, right, like that's right, the that's right. it doesn't matter that they aren't a part of that. And so I I, I think and then you know as I think I've said before uh, here that like he, what he. What he doesn't, like maybe what he doesn't see is the it ends up being the not all, but is the, how that. Group I think that's the, right. What, that yeah, group at the yeah, bus yeah. stop is can be turned into the dynamic collective that he's looking for. 
because right. he doesn't because right. I mean in critique of dialectical reason he like he doesn't go from like okay this is the people at the bus stop this is how we turn the people yeah, at right. the bus no. stop into a dynamic collective it's yeah. like we have to yeah. do it outside of that because once we're in right. that then we've lost that's that sort of his position yeah. yeah once we're a group in a serial group or a group in series right yes. then we're you're lost you're uh-huh. you're in a but I think that's right that that and and then the, to the final formula that mm-hmm. there is no X that is not. No, or no, all. Sorry, not I keep all. getting right. That's okay, sorry. Not all X, not all women, mm-hmm. are subject to castration. So there is this ambiguity, mm-hmm. and I think you know. I think what that. I think the, in a sense, the bottom formula is just the ability of someone to walk off. Yeah. Right? Like yeah. Like that's the not all that you can just walk. That you're because there isn't this limit keeping you there. Mm-hmm. You can just walk off, and that's the difference between the football team and the bus station, right? Like you can't, yeah. like you just walk off the football team, you lose your, lose you lose your identity, you lose everything, yeah. right? Like yeah. if, if, if being on the team matters to you. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you walk off from the bus stop, you just come back and get another bus later, right? Yeah. Like, like well, it's no it shows, big deal. I mean, it doesn't, isn't the important thing that it shows is that it isn't castration that's keeping you together, right. like symbolically. Right. And I think, right. I, and, and, and I, I think that's, that's what's that's imp- a great point. That's what's yeah. important on that on that side, and that's that's why the most amount of attention in these formula are paid to top left and and bottom right, and right. it's that is the male exception mm-hmm. and the female not all. Yes, and you can see it in in this like uh, in 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 this absolute uh, conflict, which is that what props up and make and guarantees to use the word Joan is like a symbolic guarantee. What makes a symbolic guarantee of the top left uh, of, of the, the, on the male side of the phallic function is that there is someone like that. There is this, uh, the, because this male, uh, is, is this non, this non castrated male, this coach makes it so that everyone else can be not castrated. Like that can, uh, or, or am I, maybe I'm mixing things up. I'm, I'm, no, I'm, no, no. I think you're right in a sense, okay. Ryan, because the point is that the non-castration of the, of the ideal man mm-hmm. allows everyone who is castrated to identify with that okay. figure of non-castration, where, right? Okay. I mean, that's, that's, where I was going that's what happened. Trump is, I think, the, the great example. Like, great example, yeah, right? Yeah. Like everyone, like the whole, although he's weird because he's so much parades his castration, right? Like he, he's a, he's a different kind of, but I think you're right. I mean, you explained that before and I think in a convincing way, but, but nonetheless, I think the the point is that those who are on the male side within Mm -hmm. identify with that figure that's on the outside that, that limits them and thus, and thus they don't, they don't, they experience their castration as wounding, but Mm -hmm. they always think that it's escapable. Right. Because one has escaped. Exactly. Because one has escaped and that, uh, and that, that enables, and and what that enables is for them to like also not avow like the, the, the the castration. Whereas there should, okay, go ahead. Is there, is there a science fiction movie where there's a myth of one person that has escaped and that keeps everyone else in line? Because Uh, that's pretty good. There should be because that's exactly the structure of male subjectivity. Yeah. The myth of one escaping keeps everyone else docile mm-hmm. and invested in this idea of of some kind of escape, rather than the other the the moving to the feminine way, which is 
being able to walk off at any time. Because right? you like know that's, that's the, not what keeps you, that's not what keeps you, know, you consistent. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, it's great. And then, you know, the, Joan's point is to connect that. What we didn't work out, I guess, was the connection between the dynamic antinomy of Kant and masculine sub- subjectivity and max- masculine sexuation. And her point there is that, that whereas on the feminine side, both are false, mm-hmm. there is because there is no world on the masculine side, both are true. So, so there is both freedom and necessity governed, but they govern two different regions. So that the key for her, like there's a realm of freedom and a realm of necessity. So Kant splits those and he splits mm-hmm. them back basically into practical and theoretical reasons. So even though the terrain is the same, like you're thinking of, you're free when you're thinking practically and you're, you're, everything is governed by necessity when you're thinking theoretically. Mm-hmm. I always thought that was an incredibly, incredible operation that Kant did. And I just, I just, I, a, a philosopher here at the University of Vermont said to me, we were in a, in a thesis defense. He's like, yeah, but what does it mean to think practically? I don't understand that. <laughs> he kind of just shattered my whole appreciation for That's funny. for that move. But um, yeah, it was his name is Dirk Paraboom. He's a really smart guy. Um, so, which is why he left the university yeah, for a while. because he walked away. Because he walked away. He saw greener pastures yeah. in Cornell. Um, so, so, uh, so I would say that until the pandemic hit, then yeah. this is the greenest pasture. Um, but, but I would say that that so that the 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 separation mm-hmm. on is what she finds crucial both in the antinomy and in the masculine sexuation, whereas the feminine side and the mathematical antinomy has this overlap. Like you're both mm-hmm. talking about the same thing, but that thing doesn't exist, right? And so that's the key, mm-hmm. I think, for her. Right, 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 right. And that, like, that's the, so, and it, it just, um, it, it signifies differently. I mean, she says later, I think it's on, on my copy, 227, uh, she puts it in a, like that, um, uh, woman is a product of a symbolic without another. Right. And, and, right. and I think that's, um, I think that's the, uh, so, um, it would be, I don't know, like maybe this would be the example if we made, um, maybe this, if, uh, if I could, if I could go back, I could make meaning retroactive, Todd, maybe I'd have made the bus stop. Like we could have like shown how the bus stop example works at every single one of these things, because right, in the, right. in the, because if you put it on the top left of the male side, then what it is, is that like, Oh, the bus driver is really the leader. And, um, like he's, he, or, or actually I'll put it this way. The bus driver is the driver of this bus. And then I think on the bottom, right. It's like, you and he decides who gets on, who gets off yeah, and everything. Yeah, yeah. He's told. And then you walk away because you're like, that's not a bus driver. That's just a guy. <laughs> and I, th- and, I, <laughs> and I think that like that, um, it, it, it does. So that's, I don't know, like, like the, the, that, that puts, um, it puts castration on the side of the uh, the subject is something that the like the subject can do like is not done to the subject does that does that make right. sense right right it does make sense okay. yeah yeah i think that's right and 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 then you know so then she gets to this she gets she works through this amazing connection right and then it's interesting how it ends so she doesn't come back to butler mm-hmm. and right. and, the, and and the critique of butler i should say though that one of the things i think we've mentioned this before that I find so fascinating is that never one time in all of her, as far as I know, spoken and I know written work has Butler mentioned the name Joan Kopchak. So mm-hmm. it's a, I think I, 
I think that that, if I were Joan, that would make me happier than anything yeah, else the, that I've ever the done. The foreclosure you know, like just, of, of the Yeah, movie. just, I, I, I just, it's like Voldemort, right? Like, yeah. it's the name that can't be mentioned. Yes. <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, not that I've read those, but. Um, <laughs> oh, I just, I'm going to interrupt you on that one. Did, I, asked, I asked Joan about this once, and I'd like, what she thought about that, because that, that butler never responded. And she just said, I leave her no room. Like I like 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 I don't know how I don't know how she could, and I I didn't quite understand that I don't think I quite understood until like we we're maybe even like doing like prepping for this and working this through is that for Butler to respond to Joan she's got two, two options which is just to say nah or to abandon her entire thing because right. like like she like she either has to and and that's I think why to lay like, down her arms I don't think she's gonna you no know, she's not gonna do that and she also. Like it can't be dismissive, either. Right. Be, because right. then, then you end up in that like in the boardwall territory, and you're just not taking it. So like, and so that's the, that's the thing is that I think to to take. I think that's absolutely right. Yeah, to take her position serious at all means uh, she has to dismiss it. Like what what Joan said. Like so, and you can't do yeah. like that's that that cannot be happened. Like she like she cannot take Joan's critique seriously and then dismiss it because it gets at the as we started way back in the beginning of this, it gets at not just the conclusions, but the assumptions, the starting point and, and everything about how Butler constructs her argument. So she either so she would either have to move off what she said and disavow all of gender trouble, which of course she's not going to do, or just really like in a, in a, in a scholarly way say, nah, and that's nah, not, and right. that's not, that's not good either. So it's, so right. that's, so then right. you say nothing, you know, I, I think is the, is the, is right. I mean, yeah, I think, I think I, Joan said that to me too, that, that she, she thought that this and orthopsychic subject were her most perfectly structured essays that they, mm-hmm. that in other words, that they got at something and, and, and didn't allow the other side any position, like they cut yeah. off every, what did she say? Like it cut off every mode of exit. Ah, like every, nice. Yeah, you know, like there's phrase. no way to get out of it, you know. And I think that was that's pretty good. She's like, you know, like she was a she was a Girl Scout who earned every possible every badge. badge. And I think I, I I view this essay as this chapter as like it, it has every possible badge. So there's yeah. no, you know, you can't throw another badge up there but i'm going to try to do that with well, the ending of it yeah so, so there's so i just want to kind of lay this out like obviously we've gone yeah very long but uh, too long yes probably so we're going to be brief so now. we're going to try to be brief but also i think just um to to justify the length a little bit is we did have an episode a long time ago on the formulas of sexuation that has a slight audio problem so i like to think of this as like maybe we're um uh like making up for that, we we correcting we, that. We, we were correcting yeah, that. Yeah, so yeah, I, yeah. Louis Paul Willis asked me a long time ago for us to redo that episode, and we never did it. So I think this is close. Uh, hi, Louis. Like I think this is as close as we're going to get to doing that. So yeah, um, yeah. to just until we get to seminar twenty, which will be um, you know. which I'll do with your replacement, obviously with my replacement. <laughs> <again>. <laughs> so, but um, I think as as quick as possible. Yeah, there are some there are some points of. I think there's some points of break for, for me and you on this because it just because of the standpoint that we come at and how and our relationship to contradiction versus what Jones is. So I, I, if you want to get into some of that. Yeah, I just start. I'll start with the end because yeah. I I think she even 
you know, she was asked. So the the final line of the of the of the book is another logic of the superego must commence, right? Mm-hmm. And and she's saying a, a feminine logic, so a feminist ethics, mm-hmm. an ethics not associated with the exception, right? Um, but the problem for me is that I don't think the figure of superego is an ethical agency at all. So I don't think there can be another. I don't think we should try to invent another logic of the superego. I think we should yeah. try to put the superego to bed as best we, as best we can. I guess would be my, my way of saying. So that for me, that that's a little, like a something that kind of trips me up. Mm-hmm. Like I, I and and I, 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 my sense is she would probably not disagree with me even mm-hmm. so much about that. Yeah. Well, I mean, she she has a great she has a great line on. Uh, on, on super ego, we were talking about this when we were playing the episode that, and that's on that, la- on that last page, which is my, yeah. my two thirty six. that, um, the prohibition proper to the super ego renders something unsayable and undoable to be sure, but it does not say what I tell size we should not say or do. It merely imposes a limit that makes everything we do and say seem as not compared to what we cannot. And that is, I think I, this is, I, I mean, I guess her point is that that's the super ego aligned with, the, the top, masculine top left, side. yeah, masculine yeah, side yeah. of the of yeah. form of sexuation. As we got yeah. into, that's the demanding the better TV ending. That's the the you know right. the the refrain on the on on the right that like oh liberals you can't you can't say anything. It's like well what can't you say? And you don't really right. get a good response. And then what is it that Trump allows? Well, you can finally say things. What is it exactly? <laughs> I don't really know. I never thought about it, but it's amazing. Like that like that's like the whole right. that's right. the that right. that's that whole thing. So I think that right. what. I just I, I agree with you though that I think that like I can you I don't know that you can move superego to the position of not all I don't yeah I don't think see that, that happening because yeah I mean I think superego pressure is I mean I think Freud was wrong to think of superego pressure he aligns it specifically mm-hmm. with Kantian morality and the Kantian categorical imperative. And I just think that's wrong. Mm-hmm. I just think it's, I just don't think it's a moral agency. Like it, yeah. it, it may pretend to be a moral agency, but I think, you know, Lacan's whole thing about the superego is the only thing that commands to enjoy it. Like, yeah, I think yeah. that that's, you know, that makes it clear. There's nothing to do with, in, with, with morality mm. or ethics on that, on that level. But I, you know, I, so, but that's a minor, minor, quibble. that's a minor quibble. Yeah. I mean, my, I guess my, my more substantive point is I'm not sure there's this two things are related here. I'm not sure that race and other kinds of differences aren't class, also ethnic religious class aren't also points where the symbolic fails. Like I don't know it's hard for me to think of where the symbolic really succeeds. So I, I guess I wanna be more uh liberal i guess with where i would see the real interrupting mm-hmm. symbolic structures not just confined to sex as the stumbling block of sense but like sense itself as a stumbling block of sense right like it, yeah. every attempt to make sense of something ends up stumbling over itself with race or class or or religion or whatever. So, so well, that would a, be here's one a line that I think yeah, 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 like yeah. I, I don't yeah. and I would say I, in agreement with you I don't know how this doesn't also apply. So she says this on page my 209 in language and yet more than language. So I'll hit that again. I feel like uh, Orson Welles and the um uh the uh, Mrs. Buckley's 
uh, peas or whatever commercial. Like, how do you begin? Yeah. How do you emphasize the first word? In the he just goes nuts on that guy. Okay. In language, and yet more than language, the subject is a cause for which no signifier can account. Not because she transcends the signifier, but because she inhabits it as limit. This, this subject, radically unknowable, radically incalculable, which is a reference to the calculation and statistics in the previous chapter, right. um, is the only guarantee we have against racism. This is a guarantee that slips from us whenever we disregard the non-transparency of subject to signifier, whenever we make the subject coincide with the signifier rather than its misfire. And what she gets at here, um, I've heard her say this in class, and, and I'm going to like kind of paraphrase and, and that's something I said, in, I think, on the podcast before, is that the core of any kind of bigotry, uh, racism, uh, transphobia, like misogyny, is that there is some secret enjoyment or knowledge on the side of right. the other that they have right. that you don't. And I often make this like a plainer phrase, with, which is they are getting away with something. Like, right. like and you make the, 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 the they is... The, uh, the they is never, I mean, this is like, this is actually true. Like, like rich white men, like are very much getting away with something, but they never occupy that. They like, you, you know, it's always, well, somebody could write a whole book on why wealth isn't the object of a, of a fantasy, a political yeah. fantasy, you yeah. know, like it's yeah. crazy, really like races, sex is, it's just, it's kind of, it's, it's, it's like, to me, that's one of the great tricks of capitalism is that wealth manages not to be like no one fantasizes about the wealthy getting as you put it like getting away, getting away with something, something. yeah I, th I think well it's sort of uh, to me a nice concrete example of that is the board game monopoly was like made to be anti-capitalist but people think it's this like celebration all right. It was like intended right. to teach a lesson that like you shouldn't do this because the game's not fun. <laughs> Once everyone get, but that's not, but but that's not how people see it. Uh, so that's funny. yeah, yeah, it's pretty good. So I th so anyway, I think that I think that idea. Um, I think I mean she even says that like she even has that like makes this like kind of yeah yeah. I mean she brings point. up racism there yeah yeah and I th I guess I just don't know. Uh, so then that's outside of what she's saying about sexual difference also and, 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 and how like, cause I don't, I don't think that it is. And, and, and I think that she put, I mean, what her, the reason why, as we've said, as we've tried to, excuse me, play out, and I guess slow play out, uh, is, is, <laughs> is, is that like for her, sexual difference is very much like outside the like symbolic space, like, and, and, right. and, and, and must be thought outside of it. These other things are, thinkable inside of it and 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 they don't they're not subject to the same rules and i just i don't i don't know that that's i i, I guess i i think I'd, i'm not convinced of the utter I, i'm not convinced of the um basically the the exclusion of those other categories like i think what she lays out is the uh the logic of how um of like a really like what uh, like what how patriarchy like like racism like like really like any kind of bigotry like uh like how it takes root and what the what the 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 logic is and like where the where the failure is and how one would mount a critique i think that she does that for everything but but in the way that she constructs the argument of the chapter it's just that like like sexual difference like uh has this position that is excluded from those others um, right and right right and I then 
and I think what it is is the the necessity of that is not I I don't I don't think I I don't think I I, I uh, accept I'm having a hard time saying this because she means so much to me I don't think yeah, I, ac- yeah, I yeah. don't think I accept the the complete necessity of that I I see it for the way that she's written this chapter and the way that she writes sexual compact and sexual difference like I like I right. understand that but I I don't I don't know I, what I'm trying to think as I'm like talking slowly about this I'm trying to think like what she gives up or what or what the argument loses well to, I think to what it be included and in, to, to, for for those other things to be included for like 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 why is Okay, sex is the st- stumbling block of sense. Got it. Okay, why not proletariat also? Right, like, right. Like Especially within capitalist, e- I mean, evidently within capitalist society. Yeah. I mean, I think what she gives up, Ryan, is... Would, would have to give up, yeah. Yeah, would, well, I think what she does give up okay. by sustaining this... I, I'm reversing, oh, I sorry, I'm reversing oh, your it. things, yeah. <laughs> okay. But I think what she gives up is that she can't... That, that the male and female positions are just simply opposed to it. They just simply don't interact ever. And I think this is the, and I think that's why she needs sexuation to be different because Mm -hmm. those other ones all the like proletariat and bourgeoisie, you could never say that you couldn't say like, Oh, the proletariat just develops independently of the bourgeoisie. That would be silly. Yeah. Right. Or like, okay, that's a clear relation. That's a great point. Yeah. It's a clear relation. And I think that that's, and I think what she would say is that's why I'm not accepting your claim that these other differences can be made equal or, or somehow parallel to sexual difference. And I think that, but, but what I would say is that, and and I think maybe contra Lacan on this. I think there's a that, that I don't. I think that, that she's so insistent on the Kantian yeah. dimension mm-hmm. of the opposition that and and the total exclusion. They they don't overlap at all. I don't think she credits the possibility, which would, what I would want to say is that the masculine position is itself that it emerges out of mm-hmm. an opposition to the original feminine position mm-hmm, right mm-hmm. like that 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 in other words the logics aren't just totally distinct instead one comes out of like the 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 refusal to accept the not all mm-hmm. creates the exception right like that see yeah. it seems to me and that she would say the, that you've made a relation there where I've she, turned it of yeah. course she would I mean yeah. she would hate what I just did but I mm-hmm. think that I think that what I did was made a Hegel I turned a Kantian opposition into a Hegelian contradiction, right? right. Like, I, I, that's what I would think that I, I hope that I was doing that. <laughs> but, and I think that that is, to me, like, like, I think that she has to have that non, that there has to be that non-relation, but I don't know that it, I think it just gets asserted. Like, mm-hmm. I think on, you know, when she starts, she, in, the, in the section that is the male side dynamical failure, she says, She's starting to talk about the male side. She's been talking about the female side. She goes, if we were to play by the rules of historicism, we would have to argue that, like the woman, the man does not exist, that no general category of man is instantiated in the multiplicity of male subjects' positions that every era constructs. Mm -hmm. Thus, anomalous argument, like a kind of theoretical solvent, currently manages to dissolve the categories of man and woman alike. According to Lacan, however, we cannot symmetrically argue that the man does not exist. Well, 
like it's interesting. So she lays out the position she refuses, mm-hmm. but then she just it's just a complete appeal to authority. Yeah, uh, yeah. According to Lacan, however, we cannot symmetrically. Well, why not? Like why not say the man is is struggles with that initial non-existence and then forges this limit fi- this figure outside to 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 escape this horror of non-existence, right? Like yeah. like isn't in other words that masculinity becomes a kind of protest against femininity, right? Like yeah. that's that that seems to me to be the the Hegelian way of of reading sexual difference. So, but I don't I I I mean she would just I think be apoplectic. Well, I th- I at, think at my because I I think she would say I've reduced it to a relation. Well, yeah, and I, and I, just to like sort of to to underline and maybe that maybe this is the, the 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 final the final remark um we might have to split this into a and b do you realize how <laughs> ridiculous we are um i know it's that's crazy. so funny so well anyway yeah. um i think this would be this would be the this would be her point um is that it, what what bringing hegel into this does is like okay so you you give up this in giving up the idea of non-relation what happens is you give up the necessity of these poles, okay? These poles on the right. on the on the right. formulas, okay? And what that does then is I think I think she would say that's another way of making a solvent. Like in making I, Yeah, I agree. In making yeah. in making this a relation, even a conflictual one, even a contradictory right. one in the contradictory one, right? Yeah, right, in the way right, that we right. would be doing it. Like yeah. that still offers a, a, a solvent in, in, in a way yeah. that she would reject. And this, as you know, as I've said, uh, quoted from her uh, before, uh, like what she wants to sustain is psychoanalysis as a, as a wound to thought. And I yeah. think even though we would be keen to um, like, I think what we would say is that this contradiction, like, it, it sustains the like I think we would say like it better sustains the the wound the, the wound and the 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 yeah exactly the the the, yeah. the conflict in this logic that she wants to yeah. to to to, yeah. to look at and I I think that for her she would have to give up too much for that yeah, I think I that agree. that she I think she has to give up the non relation and even it, like I think even even contradictory if even a contradictory relation to to her would is a relation. It's too much. It's too yeah. much because it, it needs yeah, to, it needs to be this non-relation. So I agree. I, so I, I think agree. that's. Um, I think we've been yeah. fair to. I mean, I, oh, I yeah, think yeah, she yeah. would hate this episode <laughs> if she listened to it. But I don't think we've that. I don't think that's unfair. I think that yeah. that is the. I think that is the conflict between the two. Yeah, yeah. The two positions. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, I, I, I think of. I guess this is um, what what I. I, 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 to me, I think the, the, um, the contradictory, the contradiction, the contradictory relation to me is more generative theoretically than the non relation is. Right. I think that like, right. it, I, cause I, I, I think that she has the conclusion, like basic, like I, like, I don't think that, that you, um, like, like she identified the limit and, and that, that it's just so like clear I, I i think in in the way like well in the if, if you tease it out again in the slow play it way that that we've done that like uh you you kind of you can't you kind of can't accept any other conclusion yeah. and that's yeah. that's sort of the point like again that's part and parcel of the whole thing like like her leaving butler yeah. no room like there's no uh there's no exit right like there's no like yeah. like it's the i think it's the same thing and 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 maybe 
I don't know. Uh, maybe it ends up being a false project, but I think that the, I I think there's there's more room on the the the, the contradictory relation side rather than uh, insisting on the non-relation. Okay, so what's the lesson, Ryan? What is the lesson? Oh, yeah. um, well, I think uh, I think I'm going to describe something, and as I'm okay. describing it, I want you to think of a film. Okay, so I think good. the lesson would be to uh, watch a film that has at its center the non-relation between one character or another or one position or another that could also be read uh, justifiably as a contradictory relation between one character and another uh, and, and, or one position in another, like, so something that brings together our position in Jones that, uh, you know, would, 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 would highlight, highlight the differences, but also like help maybe make a, a clear in or make clear some of uh, what we've tried to, tried to work through with, uh, with her book. And hopefully uh, we did so successfully and, uh, and legibly uh, audio wise for people. Do you have that film? So the lesson is watch Eyes Wide Shut by Stanley Kubrick. Awesome. Excellent. Over and out, Ryan. Over and out, Tom.